This is Charlie Stumbaugh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, Colorado. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to subscribe for our weekly content to encourage your faith. Let's listen in as Pastor Matt brings the message. Hey friends, welcome to Cornerstone's podcast and welcome to the Christmas season. Merry Christmas. This is my favorite time of year. I love the lights, the decoration, the the food, the time spent with friends and family. I love celebrating the birth of Jesus and you know how it brings about hope and peace, love and joy during this Advent season. You know, as a kid, my parents used to get um, that that J.C. Penney Christmas catalog. If if you remember this, you know that this was not like some little magazine like we see today. I mean, this was a book, um, and I would sit down every year and I would I'd go through every single page, circling all the gifts I wanted for Christmas. Um, this is how I created my Christmas um, wish list and and really my Christmas prayer <laughs> list. And after I'd gone through the entire book, which generally took me a, a couple days, because um, it was so, you know, it was full of all these great toys and games and and like sports apparel and everything, I would I would pray and I would ask God to give me all the things on my list, all the things um, that I was asking for. As a parent, I watch my kids do the same thing every year, except obviously they use Amazon um, today to create their lists. And I get to listen to them every day as they hope and pray um, that they're going to get you know, all the things that, that they asked for. It's an exciting time, really, of waiting and hoping and praying in anticipation of Christmas morning. And to be honest, it's I still do this <laughs> every Christmas season, except now it's like with those Bass Pro little catalogs or the REI um, little catalogs that you get in the mail. I still like to look at those and and sit down and and uh, be like, oh man, this is something I would like for Christmas. And maybe your childhood was similar. Maybe you watch. Maybe you watch your kids every year do the same thing. They make a list, they're checking it twice, and they pray that they will get all the things that they ask for. It's a little embarrassing to say, but as a kid, I probably prayed the most and had the highest expectations during the Christmas season. And no matter the time of year, whether it's Christmas or the middle of the summer, friends, we can be encouraged to know that we have a relationship with a loving God where he encourages and invites us and even challenges us to pray with that same level of expectancy we did as a child at Christmas. You know, today as we look to scripture, we find ourselves continuing here in Luke chapter 11, where we left off last week, where Jesus emphasizes the persistency we should have in our prayer life, starting In verse 5 of Luke 7, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you went to your friend's house very late at night, and you said to him, A friend of mine has come into town to visit me, but I have nothing for him to eat. Please give me three loaves of bread. 
Now, your friend inside of his home, he answers, go away. Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you the bread now. Verse 8 says, I tell you, maybe friendship is not enough to make him get up and give you the bread, but he will surely get up and give you what you need if you continue to ask. Verse 9, Jesus continues and says, So I tell you, continue to ask and God will give to you. Continue to search and you will find. Continue to knock and the door will be open for you. Yes, whoever continues to ask will receive. Whoever continues to look will find. And whoever continues to knock will have the door opened for them. Verse 11, he continues on and he says, Do any of you have sons? What would you do if your son came and asked for a fish? Would you give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Of course not. Even you who are bad know to give good things to your children. So surely your heavenly father knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You know, today I want to take a few minutes and I want to kind of dig into this scripture. And there's a, there's a couple points that I really want to pull out of this and share with you. And the first one is this, God is in the business of providing. I love the picture we see here of God's heart, of his character. God is a good father who wants to give us what we need, the very best. God is not a magic genie. This is, this is not an equation um, for us to, to use to get whatever we want. We see in verse 9 that it does not grant us everything we want. Verse 10, again, it even says it's like whoever continues to ask is going to receive. Whoever continues to look is going to find. And whoever continues to knock, that door is going to be opened for them. When we ask, though, we need to understand that we should be asking in accordance with God's will. When we search, we need to look for God's promises, God's character, God's heart. Our God is a loving God whose heart is to give us what we ask, but our hearts need to be aligned with God's heart when we ask. This is where I believe the whole name it and claim it ideology came into play, right? That we get this scripture confused and we think I can ask God for anything and he's going to give me what I want, where rather our hearts should be aligned with God's heart, his very nature. So that when I pray, when I ask, when I am persistent, that I'm looking for what God wants to give me what I need, not just what I want. You know, I, I can I can ask God to provide, you know, great skis or a bluebird, fresh powder days on my day off, but but is that what I need or is that what I want? The line between a selfish prayer and a life-giving prayer is directly connected with how we see God. In Proverbs chapter 9, um, verse 10, it says, Wisdom begins with fear and respect for the Lord. Now, this is not, this is not fear, like I'm afraid of God. It is, it is this highest level of respect and honor 
for God. So, so wisdom begins with fear and respect for the law, for the Lord. Knowledge of the Holy One, knowledge of God leads to understanding. The book of Proverbs is, is all about wisdom. And I think for us, wisdom should play a big role in our prayers. It judges our very action, uh, every choice, every thought through this lens of, is this a wise choice? Now, we know that God gives wisdom. He gives this freely. He gives wisdom because it is practical. It's down to earth. It engages our everyday life. And that is who God is. He is down to earth, practical. He engages in our day-to-day lives. And when we persist in our prayers and ask of the Father, we we should do so seeing the practical, the needs of our day-to-day lives, the needs of our neighbors, the needs of our community, our country, and our world. When we read these verses, we do need to be cautious about our interpretation about the way that we see God in these words. Because God is a good God. He is a good Father, and He wants to provide for us. But His provision is for what we need. His provision helps facilitate His mission for humanity. And as we engage in conversation with God, we need to be mindful of what we're asking. Pastor and author E.M. Bounds, he said that the possibilities of prayer run parallel with the promises of God. Prayer opens an outlet for the promises, removes the hindrances in the way of their execution, puts them into working order, and secures their gracious ends. More than this, prayer, like faith, obtains promises enlarges their operation, and adds to the measure of their results. The possibilities of prayer are found in its allying itself with the purposes of God. For God's purposes and man's praying are the combination of all potent and omnipotent forces. Jesus emphasizes this point, that when we pray, We should trust God's willingness and goodness to answer our prayer. That our persistent prayer opens the doorway to God's giving and aligns with how God wants to give. In the book, Prayer is Invading the Impossible, Jack Hayford said, When he speaks, he creates. When he decrees, it is established. When he promises, It is a certainty awaiting fulfillment. His word is foundational. You can build on it. I love that. That is so great. The second point that I want to pull out of this scripture today is that we are actively involved in God's game plan. You know, we were not created to stand on the sidelines or sit in the bleachers. Our prayer life welcomes us into an ongoing conversation with our Creator and invites us to live out God's will within our community, within our circles of influence. 
I might be an armchair quarterback on Sunday, but we are not armchair quarterbacks in God's game plan. We have been asked to cleat up, put on the pads, put on the helmet, and get in the game. But why does God ask us to get involved? I mean, he he is God. He is capable of all things. So why does he why does he not do it on his own? Why does Jesus tell us in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 to pray that that your kingdom will come? That what you want will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I think that pastor and theologian John Piper would answer this question and say and say this, prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if you didn't pray. It's pretty simple. Our prayers are the connection between us and our creator. It is the avenue which God takes to bring heaven to earth, to fulfill that which he has intended. The story Jesus tells us here in Luke chapter 11 reflects God's heart for hospitality and generosity, and it connects our prayers with living a hospitable, a generous life in our communities. In verse 5, again, we see this, this man who has a friend show up unexpectedly. The man who lives in this house, he's in bed. His family is in bed. They're probably in the same bed. Culturally, this would have been one room, one bed that they would have shared. To get out of bed and to answer the door, it would have woken his entire family. And on top of that, this guy hasn't even gone to the grocery store. He was probably going to go to Safeway the next morning, but his friend shows up late. He didn't know about it, and he doesn't even have food to provide for him. So what does he do? Does he turn him away? Does he tell him to come back tomorrow? No. Instead, he turns to his neighbor to find some food to provide for his friend. Now, we've all heard of Southern hospitality. I'm sure that many of us have experienced Southern hospitality. But it compares little to Middle Eastern hospitality, the hospitality of Jesus' culture, the hospitality that still exists today. Arab culture is renowned for its level of hospitality and generosity. It truly is a way of living. And because hospitality is held to such high standards, guests are welcomed into the home as family. Even if they're strangers, they're welcomed in as family, no matter the time of day. They're given the very best, even at the inconvenience of the host. And Jesus, living in this culture, knowing this culture, uses this story to emphasize that even if we find ourselves without that our constant asking will bring us what we need, that the Father will give what we need. It's not dependent upon us to provide for ourselves, but that we, that by trusting in a loving, giving God, we can know that our needs will be met. Prayer is the hospitality of heaven lived out here on earth. Our needs, our neighbor's needs, our community's needs, we can know that they can and will be met by a giving God. But there's a partnership between us and God, a role that we play 
And prayer is holding up our end of the deal. Jesus being sacrificed on the cross paved the avenue which God chooses to use to bring heaven to earth, to fulfill his promises in our world. God has lived up to his side of that partnership, the this covenant with mankind, by sacrificing Jesus to bring restoration to a broken world. And we have been invited to uphold our responsibilities in God's mission in this covenant through prayer. As children of God, we have absolute freedom to choose to be a part of his plan or to sit in the bleachers. But friends, we need to understand that what God could do on his own, he has invited us into. He has opened the door and welcomed us in as family so that so that he can give us the very best of what we need and that we can through his generosity that we can give back and see change happen in our communities. God is a God who wants to give, and our prayers are the avenue which he chooses to use to fulfill all that he has promised. You know, as you listen to this podcast, maybe maybe you have thought before that God doesn't answer prayers or or that God doesn't hear your prayers. Maybe you have prayed for years and never seen the results that you wanted. And friends, I want to encourage you not to give up. Continue to ask. Continue to knock. Continue to intercede for for your friends and for your co-workers. God is, is not a genie in a bottle waiting to grant us three wishes. And truth is, maybe we need to do a heart check and see if what we are asking for is simply a selfish ask, something that's right off of our wish list, or does it align with the very nature of who God is? Friends, God chooses to involve us in his game plan to bring the very best to humanity. Are you willing to get involved in the game? Are you willing to put on the cleats, the pads, the helmet, and do your part? We can see change happen in our lives and in the lives of those around us if we are willing to dig in and be persistent in our prayers. Friends, let's connect our prayers with our Creator and watch Him bring heaven to earth. Friends, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God who loves us and who is involved in our life. And today we just simply ask that as we continue to grow in our relationship with you, as we engage with you through prayer, God, that you would open the floodgates, man, and that you would bring your promises to our world, that our friends, that our needs the prayers we lift up to you, God, as we dig in, as we continue to learn to be persistent in our prayers, Lord, that you would continue to do your part and that you would answer those, that you would give, that you would provide for us, for our friends, for our community. We thank you that you are a loving God who loves to give. Thank you for speaking truth and hope into our life. Today, we ask this in Jesus' name.
Amen. I pray that you would have a blessed week. Hey, we are so honored that you are with us today. Remember, subscribe to the show and check out our website at cornerstonechurchco.com for more resources. Thank you.